big warm welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lael Stone and Marion Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello and a big warm welcome to you. My name is Marion Rose. And I'm Lael Stone. And today's podcast is all about resilience. Yippee! <laughs> we thought this was a great topic to talk about now, particularly because we've all, well, a lot of people have been in, in quite challenging times in the last month or two with what's happening in the world. So we thought this is a great topic to explore a bit further into um, our own resilience in coping when things feel tricky. And also one of the questions I get asked a lot is how do you build resilience in your kids? So we thought it was probably a great time to explore this. So do you want to start, Marion, with your beautiful understandings of what resilience is or, you know, from that aware parenting lens? Yes. Well, I'll do the little starty bit and then I have the sense you're such a gorgeous expert on this now. So I imagine you're going to be doing most of the talking. So I will um, sit in reverence, but I shall start with a little bit because I thought to myself when we're doing this podcast, I thought I'd go and have a look at the definition. And there are two definitions for the word resilience. The first one is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. Uh, semicolon toughness but the second one which I actually really really enjoyed and I thought was so relevant to our parenting is the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape elasticity and I thought wow to, to me that is like almost the essence of aware parenting really that really we come back to that deep understanding which is quite different from the cultural understanding we might have of children or of human beings but the idea that the more we're kind of in our natural state, that we may, we're all going to experience stresses in our lives. And sometimes they're going to be really big stresses and sometimes they're going to be smaller ones. And we are inbuilt. And we talk so much about this in these podcasts. Don't we? we talk about these inbuilt capacities we have to basically to really to spring back in shape. So what I love is really holding the idea that what aware parenting holds is that this is our true capacity, that, we, that resilience is what we are all born with because if we experience stress or trauma or difficulties or painful things, we have these inbuilt ways to actually release the stress hormones from our bodies, to actually recover from the emotional element, to, to actually to release any and all of the experience through these really basic things that we know about through um, crying with loving support through uh, tantrums or raging with loving support with shaking or sweating through play and laughter and through trembling if necessary so what I what I really loved is, is this idea is like wow resilience is basically the core of aware parenting isn't it that actually we have that our children are born with that they come into the world with that as babies and for me, again, you know, because I like looking at big picture and the culture is that really what our culture does is it does not trust. And I think you're going to talk a lot about trust. And I love the way you talk about it. It's like we don't trust babies and we don't trust children and we don't trust that they have these innate, amazing capacities for resilience. 
So we do all this stuff that kind of gets in the way of these natural um, capacities they have to keep on returning back to, to spring back into shape, to spring back into that natural shape that they have. And so what happens is if we, if we don't trust those and we try to, which we all do because we've grown up in this culture, so always so much compassion for all of us. But if we, if we try and distract them from the crying or the raging or the playing, then the feelings accumulate and accumulate in their bodies, which is what we see for, for everybody. And the more that happens, the less we have that capacity to spring back into shape. It's like almost like the, the system gets more and more rigid and it's actually harder, isn't it? And you can almost see that if someone has gone through life, perhaps with never really exploring feelings. And it's almost like that happens to our bodies that we get as we, as we get moved through life, we kind of get more stiffer in our, in our bodies, in our ways of thinking. If we are not um, really working with that beautiful natural process of input comes in, stress comes in, but we can release it. We can talk, we can share, we can cry, we can dance, we can laugh, we can rage and, and release it so that we stay this beautiful, fluid, vibrant, like I thinking of a plant, that upright plant that has this natural life energy still in it. And so for me, I think this is so much a cultural piece of coming back to how are we actually as parents not trusting that naturalness in our children and ourselves and how can we actually uh, kind of release that cultural conditioning to come back to that deep trust that our children, our babies, our children, our teenagers, ourselves are constantly trying to actually release stress, release trauma and to actually feel that beautiful fluidity. And the more fluid we are, the more capacity we have to meet things that are stressful with um fortitude well, i don't know if that's the word but you know with capacity because we're not holding all this extra <laughs> accumulated stress and tension and feelings so we can meet it with a more of an openness with more of a uh, an innate strength not a pretend strength or like i'm gonna get through this or i'm really fine and i'm not but if we haven't got 50 years of accumulated feelings it's much easier to um meet each new situation as it is without all the other accumulated feelings that are also going to be trying to bubble up at the same time. So that is what I would like to say. That's about all I've got to say. <laughs> but it really spoke to me as like, of course, this is, you know, it's the key and the core of aware parenting. Yes, it so is. I love the way you explain that. I'm sitting there going, oh yeah. I was just <laughs> <laughs> we say that all the time. We listen to each other and go, oh, yeah, that's really good. <laughs> but I what, I what I was just thinking about when you were talking then is I think we, and I, I say this particularly as a culture in Australia because we have a bit of a, you know, toughen up, suck it up, get on with it kind of vibe. And I think that for a long time we've confused resilience with being stoic or like, you know, I've worked, lived through the hard time, I can cope with it. And you just kind of suck it up and you get on with it but it actually hasn't often been dealt with. It is still sitting in the body. It, it kind of is that repression mechanisms that we might, it, sorry, it's the repression of the feelings that, that hasn't actually been allowed to flow through as you explained so beautifully. And I think that's where quite often we have um, 
thought that that is what resilience looks like. And it's really interesting as you say that, Marion, because many times, um, you know, I have worked with parents whose kids are pretty, um, they're a bit slow to warm up, not even slow to warm up. They're just, they're tentative, you know, and they're probably sensitive and they don't kind of rush into big groups and they hang back a little bit. And we've done a whole podcast on this and they have often said to me, parents, I just want them to be resilient. And it's interesting what they think that resilience means is putting them in situations that are uncomfortable. You know, they have to get into swimming lessons and do it even if they don't like it. It's going to teach them resilience where I think we're looking at it from a completely different lens here. The resilience comes from being able to hold space for those big feelings and emotions as they process life so that they can trust themselves they trust their parent you know that all of that builds so they then are able to step more and more into life and and deal with whatever comes but i think the old paradigm has been resilience equals you know tough it up you know like just put on a brave front off you go do it whereas actually if we we dug a little bit deeper behind that we would see that you know there's probably a lot of feelings and emotions there that don't feel okay and they often turn up in, in our lives as adults later on, you know, if, if we've just had to survive or hold on to them as children. So it's really interesting. I've heard that a lot from clients over the years. I want my kid to be resilient. And especially I see it with children who, who are a little more, you know, uh, tentative in the world. And I think, you know, I love what you've explained, that we can see it in a completely different way. And, I mean, I think... Look, I've had a lot of experience with resilience with, within my own kids, you know, and, and we've shared about this. My kids have done a lot of competitive sport. They've missed out on being picked in teams. Um, they've been missed out being picked in the dance concert. They've, you know, there's been a lot of times where they've missed out on things and that's brought big feelings. And one of the first things I want to say is it's also brought up my big feelings that I never got to deal with. You know, one of the big... Um, stories that often has has turned up for me with my children is not being picked in a team a dance team when I was younger so I did a lot of dance and I didn't get picked and I knew in my core I wasn't good enough for that first team but the devastation and shame I felt for not being picked was so big and as I look back and reflect now I mean that turned up for me with my kids beautifully so when my kids didn't get picked I got completely into their story with them. Like I was like, oh my God, I should talk to the coach or, you know, I should do something. I really struggled with watching them navigate what it felt like to not get picked because it went straight back into my own story. And then as I, I looked back into my own story around it, I realized what I needed at the time, which I didn't get, was an adult to check in with me and just say, hey, Leo, how are you feeling? That must feel really hard you didn't get picked. I never had the opportunity to express those feelings and emotions and so of course they just stay in there and then that can become a story of I'm not good enough I won't be good enough for the first team it brings the doubt when we try new things all the stuff that we've talked about so many times in aware parenting around the stories and imprints that it creates within us and then of course my children experience something similar and I'm right back there again with them and you know what I I've learned from witnessing that with my kids and also looking at my own story that what my children definitely I think benefited from in those times where they didn't get picked for the teams was for me to sit there and just listen and hold that space and say gosh I really hear that this feels hard for you and it took me a few goes until I got it right. <laughs> so a few times I, I didn't quite behave like that. But after a while, I began to see 
that what my kids probably really needed in those times when it was tricky was a sense of deep trust that this was really an important part of their life journey. And what they needed was a really anchored parent to be able to sit there and say, gosh, this sounds really hard. Tell me everything you're feeling and not get into the fear, not get into the panic with them, not get into the story with them, but just hold a feeling of this is really tricky. And I really trust that you will find your way through it. And again, it's taken me, it took me a few years to finally really get that. And then the last time it happened with one of my kids where they did miss out on something, there was a lot of upset. I just sat there and held that space with them. And what was amazing is they moved through the hurt and the story they had so quickly because it was like they had an ally that said, I really believe that you can navigate your way through this and um, I'm here for you and I'll listen as much as you want and, and I'll hold that space for you. I did move through it quite quickly. And then that allowed them again to go out there and try other things or take risks or do all that beautiful stuff that often we don't because we feel we don't want to feel those big feelings of not getting picked or missing out or any of the stories that we have there. So I feel very grateful for my children for just bringing that story to me many times and, and learning so much in just being able to hold them through how that felt for them as they did it. And, and it is one of those things that I think, um, you know, we all have to learn as humans that sometimes things we're not going to get picked or sometimes things aren't going to be the way perhaps we want them to be. And I think it's so important that we learn to sit in those feelings and allow them, as you talked about, Marion, to flow and move through you. Because as a parent, and this is what I see a lot when I, I teach workshops um, and, and work in schools talking about this stuff, is that the natural instinct for a lot of parents is I just don't want them to feel this. I don't want them to feel the hurt. I don't want them to feel what it, you know, being excluded, all those kind of things. I don't want them to feel this. And so our natural urge is I want to protect them and I want to make it okay. But we're often doing our children a disservice by trying to fix it and jumping in because it is so important for them to feel these feelings and know that it's safe to feel those feelings so that they can let it go. And as you say, come back into shape, you know, bounce back into that shape of, I am okay, even though I didn't get picked in the team. I am enough, even though I may have not passed that test. I am enough, um, even if I don't look a certain way that I think I should look or whatever it is, you know, that we're, we're the story we're, we're running is what a profound, beautiful, important part of being a human because each time we feel that hurt, we're able to process it in a way that feels really safe. It develops just more foundation of knowing that we are enough, we are perfect, we are exactly um, who we are meant to be, even without those external things that we believe are really, really important. Mm, I love that, Lau. I, I really love that. And, you know, I'm thinking as you're speaking is that sense that it's, it's the unexpressed hurts. It's when the, exactly as you're saying, when the, when the disappointment doesn't get to be expressed, the crying, the, the hurt, the sadness, whatever the feelings were, the frustration, if they don't get to be expressed and that accumulates and accumulates and actually leads to fear and leads to fear or like, I'm not going to try that again. It's such a paradoxical thing that I think we think of like, if we, if we stop them from feeling that disappointment, you know, that's going to be the best thing, but actually it means that, that they're not open to the new experiences because there's all this disappointment, disappointment and unexpressed disappointment, unexpressed sadness 
leads to fear because there's the fear of, well, if I go and do this thing, I might feel those feelings again. If we felt the feelings and expressed them and released them, we actually, it's like having this sense almost like of an open heart and like, okay, so what's next? I'm here. I'd like to experience life again. And you know, I've really experienced that even from, you know, really little things I really think of with my children when they were little, like, it's that that paradox is the more they get to cry and express their feelings, the more open they are to life. And it's like when we've had hurts and painful things happen, which we all do throughout life, the more the more those are sitting in our bodies. It's like we need to we need to protect ourselves from actually feeling them. And it feels like it seems like we're protecting ourselves from things coming from the outside, but really we're just protecting ourselves from feeling what's already in there. So when we when we support our children and support ourselves to feel what's in there, we can we we have more openness to go. Okay, hello, life. I'm here. What's next? <laughs> I want to experience life because I know you know this openness and this. And I really that's why I love that initial definition because it really it's, to me almost feels in the body. Does it seem like that to you, Lois? Like mm-hmm. I can think of that little, um, you know, a beautiful sunflower with that stem which is so vibrant. There's so much aliveness, isn't there? And it's like, hello, where's the sun? I'm here. Whereas, you know, the more and more and more accumulation of unexpressed feelings, the more we kind of need to exactly, as you say, harden up and and close up and actually stop ourselves experiencing more things. Because like, and, and I think that so often happens with children that if we, if they don't get to express feelings, I think that's often why children will then start maybe um being willing to do less and less things, being willing to eat less and less di- different types of foods, being willing to actually do less and less things because those those things will remind them of the feelings that they haven't yet expressed. So it actually mm-hmm. becomes an, a kind of a cumulative thing of like, well, I'm, I'm less and less willing to experience life because it's going to help me connect with this unexpressed pain. So it's such a paradox, isn't it? It's by really supporting our children to feel what the feelings that are sitting inside their bodies to express them and release them is then they have that beautiful, I like that, uh, you know, resiliency to me. It's that spongy sunflower stalk quality of like, <laughs> hello. Okay. And I love as, as you're saying that too, I'm thinking about how it also, it so buys into a lot of the stories that we then believe to be true. So as a child, if we missed out, as a child, if things felt really hard, we didn't get to express those feelings, then we create stories that kind of carry through our life of, well, I'm not good enough to get picked and I will never be this. And I can't do what I really love because, you know, I love singing and someone laughed at me when I was young. And so, you know, now I I can't do it or, and we just, we keep, creating the same evidence throughout our life again and again and again by these stories that we often have around not being able to do it. Whereas I think if we, we have the opportunity in those moments to express exactly as you're saying, all the feelings and stories around it, we can allow it to, to move so that we are open to that possibility to change how that story looks, to, to try again, to give it another go, all those kind of things that, that is, you know, it's, it creates just, an extraordinary opportunity when we provide provide this space for listening to feelings for children and they know it's safe to bring it to us, then it just opens up so much possibility for their lives, doesn't it? It, mm. it allows them to try things that that um, 
yeah, I still see that in my children as well. Like they are very often like, yeah, I don't know how to do that, but I'm going to give that a go. Or their, their, their ability to go and talk to anyone. I love that. I love the confidence they have in themselves. I often look at them and think, I would never have done that. You know, I love, I just have to share this, my, you know, in this beautiful lockdown, my 12 year old daughter decided about a week and a half into lockdown that she wanted to shave her head. And we're like, are you sure? She's got this beautiful lush thick hair. And she's like, I want to change. I just want to do it. And we, we sat there and we're like, okay, so, you know, we walked, talked through, you know, it could be like this and it could be like that. And she was just like, I want to do this for me. And I just sat there, both my husband and I sat there in so much awe going at 12 years of age, there's no way I would have had the confidence, the knowing the just that, that sureness in my being to do something that was quite radical, which it's, it's just hair. But when you're 12 and you're kind of, you know, caught up in the whole teenage thing and identity and how will they look and all that kind of stuff, she was like, no, nah, I'm doing it for me. And she did it and she was just like, wow, like, you know, look at, look at what I did and it's just hair and I feel so free. And I remember just thinking, oh, my God, like I don't even think I'd do that now as an adult, <laughs> you know, but uh, I just was like, woof, that for me was just such a sign of, I'm doing what I, who I, you know, I know who I am and what I want to do and I'm going to do that. And I don't actually care what anybody else thinks because this is for me. And I just absolutely love that. Mm. And I also love too, you know, some people were messaging her saying, did you shave your head? And she's like, yeah. And then <laughs> these poor, beautiful little girls comments were like, you know, but the boys might not find you so pretty now if you've got a shaved head. And she said, I'm not doing it for the boys. <laughs> I'm doing it for me. <laughs> I was like, that's a great response. <laughs> but I think just that knowing that this is what I want to do. I'm doing it for me. Just that sense of self, I think comes a lot of the time again, from all that we've talked about in this podcast around the not the feelings are not stuck in their bodies, which creates, as you were talking about before, more fear, it creates more doubt, all that kind of stuff. It allows a sense of knowing in who they are. Gorgeous. Mm. I'm also thinking about, um, about judgments as well. Judgments can really have an impact on resilience. We live in a culture that's so much about judgment. And I think as parents, again, really understanding the, the power we have to, to bring our children up without being judging them, without judging them and telling them that they're this and that they can't do this and they shouldn't do that and, and judgments about them. And how, again, how that helps them stay free to know that, you know, there's nothing wrong with them. And, you know, that all of that stuff that we can so easily internalize in this culture. And, and again, that power we have, I really, um, I think that combination of listening to as many of their feelings as we can and, and refraining from judging them, I think is a beautiful combination. And I'm thinking of an example with my daughter when she, you know, I listened to quite a lot of crying when she was, when she was little. And I remember she, she was doing ballet and every year she'd get on the stage. So at three and at four and at five, you know, every year at the kind of Christmas shows, she would get on the stage and she never had any ounce of fear. She didn't ever worry about what people would think she didn't have any self-judgment it was just this this really deep sense of like I'm just going to get on the stage and I'm going to dance and to me that was again that really clear example of she didn't have any of those extra things she didn't you know she she was getting to express enough feelings and was growing up in a culture where there wasn't that judgment that she that she um it was amazing and I really remember one time 
maybe she was about six or seven and we we're in the backstage and one of her friends was there and she was saying, you know, I'm, I'm a terrible dancer. And she was all full of this self-judgment. I was like, wow, it was such a different experience. So again, I think really understanding the power of how we speak to our children and we support them in that, that how they internalize their, their own inner self dialogue and also how we talk to ourselves and about ourselves because they're learning from that too. And again, you know, if they if they if they don't have all that stuff, it's it's again they have so much more freedom to just go and do what they want to do without all that mm. that really unenjoyable self dialogue, which I was kind of filled with as a mm. as a child and a teenager. So mm. another piece there. Mm. And I, I love that. Yeah, I love. And I think the nuance that I really really love is the part around when our kids are having a really hard time or they are struggling with something and where our energy sits and where we meet them. And, and, you know, I mentioned this earlier on that I think one of the biggest gifts we can give our kids is to stay as anchored and centered as possible to sit with them in the uncomfortable and say, I see you and I'm here for you. And I trust that you will be able to find your way through this. And I often, I think about that a lot sometimes when I've sat with my kids in these tricky times you know, if I'm watching my fifth, you know, my daughter who was maybe 15 going through something really hard. And whenever I would meet her in those feelings, I would often have a quick thought of if I was 15, what would I want right now? And, and I always come back with well, what I would want is n- no judgment. As you said, I wouldn't want to be told what to do. I wouldn't want, um, you know, just not someone not being interested. I would want someone who was safe to sit there and say, tell me all about it and just hold a place of safety, but also hold an energy of belief an energy of possibility an energy of like, this is hard. And I see how hard this is for you. And I also see that who you are is magnificent. And I really trust that you will find your way through this. And I'm here to hold your hand and, and for as long as you need. And that always really, really resonates with me because I often think back in my life and going, that's what I really would have wanted. Just that parent or that person to be there to say, I see you and I'm here with you. And this is hard. I see that this is hard, but I'm, I'm going to help you through the dark by just being here and being rock solid. And I see that I've seen that a lot with my teenagers over the years, that that is what helps them not only feel deeply what they're feeling, but move through the other side with ease sometimes. And sometimes with not, not with ease. And I've had to practice that a lot of really sitting in some hard stuff sometimes with them. So I think, you know, for me, I found it really important to be able to sit in a place of trust that what is happening in their lives is part of a grander picture for them in whatever they're navigating or whatever their journey is. And, you know, my, all my kids, my kids, particularly my middle daughter you know she had a lot of learning difficulties in high school and there was a lot of struggle sitting there and you know when we were right in the thick of it it was really challenging helping her stay connected to herself in a system that you know wasn't necessarily supporting what she wanted and and you know we've we've talked about this in our education system all those kind of things but coming out the other side of it and seeing the beauty of what she navigated was where she wants to take her life, where she wants to work with youth, where she wants to work with kids who have issues with learning, where she wants to work with kids who do feel misunderstood, that she even says now, I needed to experience all that to help me understand what that felt like. And I really have have seen a lot with my kids now that, you know, a lot of the 
the stories that they pull into their lives or that they experience are part of that bigger, grander picture of who they are and where they are going in their journey. And that, you know, that's hard to sometimes remember when we're a parent and our natural instinct is to just want to keep them safe and not have anything hard happen to them to really be able to trust again that their journey is their journey. And I, my job is to sit beside them and say, I'm here for you and I've got you. And and I'm going to walk beside you, but I believe that you can do it and you can find a way. And again, I keep coming back to that's for me, what I definitely would have wanted to hear when I was younger, to know that someone had my back, but also to know that someone believed in me enough to say, I know that you can find your way through this. Because sometimes that's just the bit that we need to go, yes, there is going to be some magic over the other side of this, even if I can't see it right now. Mm, as you're speaking as well, I'm thinking about um, what you would have, when you're saying what you would have wanted is like the beautiful thing is as parents, as we get to go on this journey again, and we get to, to radically increase our capacity for resilience. That's been absolutely my journey. If I compare myself now to myself 20 years ago before becoming a mother, and it's like a totally different experience, particularly around resilience and my capacity to be with experiences and go through things and I think that's the wonderful thing that we can because going back to you know what I was saying at the beginning because it is innate in us these capacities are innate we can reclaim them and we can we can offload and shed so much of the accumulated feelings and the the harsh ways of thinking and to come back to that deep sense of the of the sunflower that I'm really sitting with today and I think that's the beauty of of life that we have these opportunities to to really um you know reclaim that yeah absolutely i think it's you know even though we're, we're talking about resilience it, it just is it's part of the whole bigger whole that you said in the beginning of i guess raising children with consciousness and this is part of it that there's times where it feels really challenging for us for them and um you know we our default as a culture often is we just want it to be happy we just want to be we just want it all to be okay and to be good but we are a massive myriad of so many different feelings and you know we i i always come back to going we need to make friends with all of them because they are all a part of us and when we can learn to lean into them even the ones that are uncomfortable and have that sense of trust and faith that they will move through us then that flow becomes so much easier because we realize it's okay to go up and it's okay to go down it's okay to go up and it's okay to go down and that's part of who we are as humans and it just makes i think sometimes the more we can allow that to happen it makes the times when we go down easier to navigate because we also know we can go up again and and it can move through us a lot quicker i know we've talked about this before marion like mm. you know even years and years ago of when something big was happening and the process it would take to shift it could be like a week and you had to speak to four different people and you, know, you had to have a session with your therapist and you know you had to do a lot Six of journaling months, Leo, a week what are you talking about <laughs> i think when we develop these skills we learn to navigate it a whole lot quicker, don't we? It's still there. And I think the difference for me has always been I welcome it now. I go, oh, g'day, this is here. Okay, come on in. Come on, take a seat. Let's go. Let's let's feel all this. Let's work through all these big feelings here because I know as soon as I do, they are going to shift and move in a different way. So it has definitely created more ease in my life. 
Mm. And you know how I see then resilience in, in those terms is my experience before as a younger person, say 20 years ago, or even 30 years ago is if, and there was a lot of accumulated unexpressed feelings, a lot of hurts, a lot of harsh ways of thinking about myself is that whenever there was pain showing up, I would be totally identified with it. So I used, I, I say that, you know, I used to be like identified with my inner children about 98% of the time. I used to live from that. I was living from one hurt to the next and it was getting, you know, I was reconnecting with those hurts and reconnecting and going through all the years and getting more and more friendly with all my feelings and getting to express them and shifting my inner dialogue is what I experience now is it's like, I know the sunflower thing, but it's really doing it for me today. It's like, it's like, if feelings show up, I can, I can really quit. And I know we've talked about this in other podcasts too. It's like, I can really clearly tell, okay, that's, you know, a little five-year-old part. So it's like my identity is sits in that quality of the sunflower. It's like the quality of resilience is there as the, as the core of the identity of my identity. And so the feelings might bubble up and bubble through me, but I'm like, I'm, I'm not like identified with being five years old or I'm, I can feel really big feelings, but I, I have this deep knowing because there's my inner loving crew loving me. I know I'm going to come out the other side. I'm exactly as you say, I'm welcoming them. So it's like also having more and more of that identity being in, in that. I'm actually really, no, from the word resilience before we did this, I was like, oh, I don't really use that word. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, in terms of the of the plant, I, you know, the the sunflower metaphor is so doing it for me. It's like that capacity for a plant to be in the wind, and you know, maybe raining heavily, and it may be windy, but the, the plant's still there. It's got the roots. It's got that um, beautiful life energy of the the way the cells is getting the water up and down, all that stuff. It's like it, it becomes that sense of wholeness and centeredness and capacity to meet the elements but always knowing it's like knowing the sunflowerness it's like knowing the sunflowerness of us and mm. i think my sense is that through aware parenting is we help our children stay the sunflowerness of them so that they may have feelings moving through them but they don't believe that they you know they're less likely to because they have more of that sense of I'm a sunflower. <laughs> mm. And also that, that sense of feeling when something is tricky or something's hard and we've navigated that there's a sense of, oh, wow, I did that. There's a sense of, of joy, relation within us that, wow, I overcame something that was really tricky. Mm. And that is what's magnificent to watch in our children. You know, that, and, and I think that's the importance too, of especially when they're little that we don't just jump in and fix stuff straight away, even though we can, you know, it's kind of working as a partnership. How could we fix this or how could you make it better? Or what's your idea around this? Or how could we hold space for them to figure out a solution for themselves? You know, and that could be with siblings fighting. It could be with not figuring out how to build your Lego correctly. Like, you know, it is there to hold a space and support. It's also the feelings that we've talked about so much today as well, but then really holding that, that belief i believe that you know you can do something hard as well and i'm here for you and then when they do it that you know that look they have in their face particularly when they're little like did you just see what i did and we're like yes that's amazing you did it and that's something that i think 
continues through our lives. Like, you know, I know we've talked about this, Marion, when we've done hard things and we go, oh my God, I did that. Like the episode. Like your, TED talk, talk. Yeah. your TED talk. Your TED talk. I was like, well, you going to the dentist. <laughs> or me going, going up and talking to Russell Brand. <laughs> <laughs> totally. The things that we go, that feels scary and hard. And then we do it and we go, oh my gosh, I feel so proud of myself and I think that's we've talked about this again too of that to keep modeling for that for our kids is such a gift as well you know if we keep expanding we keep leaning into the parts that feel uncomfortable if we keep being courageous sometimes to go I'm gonna give that a go even though I'm really scared of failing or I don't know if it's going to work you know you've already won by just saying yes I'm going to give it a go and so I think that again is a big part of modeling that to our kids you know just to see that when we achieve that within ourselves is really beautiful as well. And hopefully we never stop doing that. Hopefully we never stop. I, I want to be like in my eighties going, Oh my God, I just did this thing. And that was really tricky, but I did it. And, you know, I think that just brings us such, I don't know, it just brings a whole other sense of feeling to us, doesn't it? Mm, I'm thinking my mum, my mum's 88. And during this time we've been doing every morning doing and breathing exercises and brace exercise and she's challenging herself she's willing to challenge herself doing physical exercise that perhaps she's she found a little bit scary in each day and i'm finding that with you know i'm doing things that are you know on my edge as well it's like that gorgeousness isn't it because i think we have such a need as human beings for for competence and mm. when we we're really supporting ourselves to go yes this is a little bit on my edge but i'm going to go there and, you know, we keep going, we keep going, and we see that that difference, exactly as you're saying, it's so um, fulfilling, isn't it? So, mm. so fulfilling, the sense of, like, I did mm. it, exactly as you say. Mm. Oh, look. And that can be a delicate dance with our kids too, because, you know, often, particularly when they're younger, stuff's going to come up that, that may bring up fear or feelings that have been sitting there. And, and it is a very delicate dance as a parent to know, to, to not push, you know, to say, you know, come on, you can do it because I know you'll feel better at the other side to really hold that, that space for them to feel what they need to feel, you know, whether that's fear or letting out those feelings, emotions, and then holding the energy of possibility for them and trusting their timing with it as well. That's a really, really important thing. And we've talked about that before in our own, on our podcast too, around really trusting timing of our children when they're ready to do something. And that can sometimes be very challenging for us as parents. You know, we can be like, Oh, come on, we've done this three times. You should be able to do it now. Or, you know, come on, we've tried three times to do this, but it might, be that your child needs to try six times before they're ready and it really is that tuning into your child and trusting their timing and and that you know our job again is to come back to hold that space to see for them so I think that's something again I've, I've had the pleasure of learning from my children <laughs> I wanted it on my timing and they're like uh, actually no I'll do it on my timing thanks and I go yep thank you for showing me that again <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, do you know what I'm going back to thinking as well? Like, I'm thinking about plants. Like, sometimes if plants go through a more challenging time, they actually grow stronger. And, like, exercise, we think a lot about the elements of exercise is that actually um, putting kind of some stress in the system actually develops the system to be stronger. And, you know, I've been watching a little bit of the, the Iceman, you know, um, Wim, Wim Hof is it or Wim Hof? Anyway, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, in that sense that when we actually choose to, to, to um, take ourselves a little bit to the edge of things uh, that actually that that's that 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 kind of stress is actually really helpful for the system that actually builds us to be 
to be stronger and to actually have more capacity. So there's that sense too, is like when we can really work with stress in inverted commas in a way that isn't really foresee exactly as you said, and we get to recover from it accurately, whether that's physically, emotionally, whatever it is, is that actually develops more strength and exactly more resilience, more capacity to weather storms. The, the tree becomes stronger in the wind. Mm. And, and look, I imagine at the moment we've all been in a pretty big storm in the sense of that there's been restrictions placed on people's lives, which we've never had before just in this time that we're living of this whole corona crazy thing. And, you know, this resilience element of being able to feel feelings that I'm sure are bubbling in many families because people are together for a lot longer periods of time. We not, might not be having the same kind of self-care that we're used to. I'm sure there's some tensions arising and this is a big part, I think, of navigating this time of coming back to tools that we always talk about, not only holding that space for your kids as they navigate whatever this change is, but holding the space, having the space held for us as adults, whether that's listening time or going for walks or having time on our own or all those kind of things to help us also navigate this, you know, this time that we're in as well. I mean, it looks different for everybody. And as Marion and I were talking about before, Marion's like, this is lovely. This is really slow and gorgeous. And I'm experiencing the opposite because I have like nearly six adults living in my house and not very much quiet time. And I'm like, I need everybody to go back to doing what they do because I'm finding I have, um, I'm not having all that beautiful flow, which is, you know, part of my story. But, um, you know, I, I think everybody's having their own challenges within it for sure. Mm. Mm. So mm. yummy. It's yeah, an, it's so good. Invita- Do you have anything else you want to say before we go to invitations? Oh, no, I was just, um, well, I guess part of, well, before the invitation, I was going to say, I, you know, I am doing some work with the Resilience Project, which is an Australian um, company, and they do amazing work in schools all around Australia, and they do lots of beautiful public events. Hugh's an amazing speaker, and Martin, and they talk about resilience, and, you know, they, they developed a program that, you know, some of the key things of working or helping ourselves to develop resilience is gratitude, empathy, and mindfulness, and they talk a lot about bringing awareness to ourselves and to others and and developing that and I feel really fortunate that I'm getting to do um, a lot more work with them towards the second half of this year and next year in schools talking to parents about exactly what we're talking about Marion around sitting with feelings and emotions and holding that space for our kids so that they can develop that resilience so I feel very fortunate to um, to do some work with them and, and take that to a wider audience as well so you can check out their stuff at the resilience project if you know you want to see what what they're doing in Australia there's some beautiful work there so what would your invitation be, Marion, around, around the sunflower? What should we call it? Sunflower you knew it, didn't you? Well, I'm thinking if your child's quite young, <laughs> uh, would you like to play this, like pretending to be sunflowers? Because <laughs> I'm literally so feeling this in my body, mm. like to and maybe pretend that there's a wind blowing. I don't know. I'm just thinking there could be some fun um, like touch and play kind of games of pretending mm. to be a to be a flower that has the, the wind come and then the, or maybe we can you could even do some power reversal games where you're a sunflower and your child is bringing really big wind or big water or and you could pretend to be being kind of buffeted around and they're getting to choose and, and they might they might laugh there and get to be releasing some powerlessness so that's my invitation for the I day what that. about yours <laughs> well mine is I love, love where we go mine would be about where are you as the adult and can you know is there is there a story in your past around perhaps when 
you didn't get picked in a team or something didn't go the way you wanted it to. And that felt really painful for you. And perhaps what you needed at that time, you didn't get whether you could give that to yourself now from that adult part of you to do some, you know, some be curious around it or do some healing around it. And, and I guess where, if you've seen it, that turn up with your kids as well, you know, and whether that's tapped you into your stuff. So yeah, just some beautiful curiosity and investigation into your own story around where resilience sits and, and what that has meant for you. Mm. Yummy, yummy. I would like to also mention if you're wanting to really go back to the gorgeous, like fundamentals of aware parenting, um, Aletha's books, Cooperative and Connected mm. and Tears and Tantrums would be like mm. a really, really important ones to be reading, rereading, doing little underlinings of at the mm. moment, because they're really coming back to what we were saying at the beginning of that you know, we're born to, to be resilient. We have this inbuilt in us and it's really remembering how, you know, how it works and so that we can really support, trust our children and support them with those natural um, systems. I love that so much. I love that you, you brought that in the beginning and at the end because you're exactly right. We do have this inbuilt mechanism that our kids know what they need to do, but often we just miss those cues or we get in the way. And I absolutely love that. And I second that. Please go and read those books again because they're so deeply profound, aren't they, in, um, in this, this process of being able to hold space for our children and help them navigate what they need to to come back to that beautiful, gorgeous, perfect state of balance that they are. So, yeah, it's, it's mm. so, you know, we talk about it really um, I often find this funny that we talk about it like it's really simple <laughs> and it is on many levels, but it's also not because it brings up lots of other stuff, but it really is that, that beautiful perfection of just being present, listening, trusting our children to tell us what they need. I just, yeah, I love mm. that in the simplicity. So gorgeous, isn't mm. it? And I'd love to say one more thing as well, which is I think I think we're in a time of really big change, paradigm shift. I think the upcoming years are going to be bringing lots of changes in so many ways. So I think actually focusing on this resilience is my newfound love for the word. I think it's so, so important. It's one of the, I would say now I'm going to say, it's one of the most important things we can be supporting our children and staying connected with because to to be adapting to the the new things that i think are going to be happening i think is so such a beautiful gift for them mm. yes i agree i agree totally thank you for being here everybody thank you for um for listening and for sharing our podcasts and and we we're still really always open if you have a suggestion for something you'd like us to talk about you can send us a message through instagram and facebook we love receiving messages too and we love hearing how the um podcast is impacting your lives it's it's really beautiful getting messages like that so thank you for sharing the love with everybody mm. so thank you for listening and we look forward to seeing you next time yeah, thank you so much and so much love to you. Thanks for joining us on the Aware Parenting Journey. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Aware Parenting Podcast. You can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marionrose.net. We wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey.